I'm Pastor Phil, pastor of missions at Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're listening to Reaching the Nations, a series dedicated to keeping the people of Providence connected with what the Lord is doing in the lives of missionaries and church planners we support around the world. Today, we're joined by Andy and Quinn, and uh, they are working in North Africa. They've been living there for a couple of years now, mainly learning language, um, but uh, we want to hear from them and, and um, what's going on there and, and, and let you hear about how they came to the point of, of moving to North Africa. And so, Andy and Quinn, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so... Tell me a little bit about your calling to be an international worker. How did you come to that point? I grew up in Atlanta, and I was a believer. I went to church in my mid-20s, and I thought, there has to be something more than this. And as I was finally diving into the Bible, I realized God cares for the nations, peoples all over the world. Then somebody recommended uh, that I read Operation World. So I read through that in a couple of weeks, and I came across a couple of countries in North Africa, the Middle East, where there's very few believers. And that just started pressing on my heart um, for those, that region. And I picked up a country in North Africa, then I visited it a couple of times, and wow, there's very little light here. And 700 years ago, it was all, all light. It was light of Jesus everywhere in this country. But Islam came in, and the light is very uh, covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quinn, what about you? Yeah, and a little bit, maybe around the same time as Andy was in Atlanta. I was here in Raleigh growing up at Providence. And um, I think majority of my exposure to international ministry happened through Providence growing up here and um, I think first experiencing the missions festival and when I was little I, we would get to listen to workers coming home from all over the world and hear their stories and um, just something in my like little girl heart <laughs> uh, resonated with their stories and what they were saying and the people that they were talking about and um, then as a teenager was able to go overseas for the first time with Providence and some buddies here in youth group and just see that God is, um, is working all over the world and God doesn't just live in Raleigh, North Carolina at Providence Baptist church. (laughs) Um, and so I just feel very blessed that I got so much exposure to short-term, uh, missions. And I think as I got older into my twenties, there was something in me that wanted to give my life or career or however you want to say it to going long-term. Um, And to be totally honest with you guys, I think I was waiting for a husband to do that with me. Um, And the Lord continued to um, just expose me through different books and people. And um, even I took a class called Perspectives on World Missions. Great class. Learn more about uh, the history of the world Christian movement. And I think the Lord, you know, in his timing, just wanted to continue to prepare me. And so then... That leads into when I met Andy, I felt ready to go. So Okay. So so Andy's serving and you're doing your thing. Um, God's working in both of your hearts to to go long term. So tell us how how did you meet? How did that come about? Well, I'm um, to be really honest, 
I was serving in North Africa for a year. I didn't want to be single anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's it was a little lonely for you. It was a little hard, right? Yes, I was uh, sad. Uh, I wanted to be married, so I ended up coming back to the U.S. for a period. And the leader of the organization recommended a website called Called Together. It's for cross cultural workers who want to get married. So, just to be clear, this is a dating website for people that want to live overseas as workers. I signed up May 29th, five years ago, and I woke up and I had a message. (laughs) So I obviously had also heard about that website. A friend of mine that was serving overseas told me about, hey, Quinn, there's a essentially a dating app. It wasn't an app yet. It was a website for people like us. And so I hopped on. And I was looking around on that site for about three months and then saw Andy's information and sent him a message. Best $7 ever. (laughs) That's such an awesome story. (laughs) And and amazing providence of the Lord that he put the two of you together. Yeah. Um, And so now you you get married and um, you now feel the call to go. You're saying, we're going to go. Um, you pick an organization, and now you have to f- pick a place. Um, and you had two places that you were looking at, areas, North Africa and Middle East. How did you come to the decision of choosing North Africa? Well, I gave all that up to, to Jesus, whatever. Um, we were married, just married. And I wanted just a fresh start. I let Quinn make that decision. Yeah, he did. A, he did a really good job with that one. He had, as he said, he had previously served in the city where we now live, and um, Andy did a wonderful job of not making me feel like we have to go back there. He he allowed me to feel like we have an open slate. We both, our hearts are moved for the Arab people, and our hearts are moved for places in the world where there's the least witness for Christ. So we aligned on those. And so then it was really just trying to find out, well, Lord, what country and what city do you want us, do you want us to live in? And so um, we went on a vision trip and we visited North Africa where Andy had previously lived and we visited a, another city in the Middle East. And I think um, it just took several months for really me to work through the process of where I wanted to live. And the biggest conflict in my heart was I felt more physically comfortable in the other city. And there was just some things I had to work through and give up um, to the Lord. And and I finally um, came to the conclusion that we should go back to North Africa where Andy lived. And it is 100% the, the right decision. So Andy did a great job as a early on in her marriage of, of leading me and then letting me have that time with the Lord to feel confident about where we would go. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's great. So the place you live now in North Africa, tell me a little bit about the lostness that exists there. Um, it's 99.99% Muslim. There's very few believers in the country. I say five to ten thousand nationals. There's probably five to ten thousand foreigners, expats, and there who are believers. Um, they're here there for work usually. There's maybe three hundred 
workers in the country who are there sharing Jesus, proclaiming them. It's sad. I mean, it's an open country-ish. Um, Internet's wide open. There's You can only have one wife there. It's not like other neighboring countries where you, you're required to go to pray on Friday or you have to fast during Ramadan. They don't. You don't have to, but there's some, there's social pressures from family. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with Andy, and I would just add that we live currently live in the capital city, and so Andy mentioned there's probably 300 workers in the country, and the majority of them live in the capital, so where we currently live, and so when we talk about lostness, as soon as you get out of the capital. Um, and you go further south, you start to hit the Sahara Desert, and many, many people and cities and communities and towns that have no witness for Christ. And so um, while we currently live in the capital, it's um, our desire that we have the opportunity to go south and live um, where um, there's kind of another layer of, of lostness as you move out of the, the big city. Right. And um, and certainly that's one of the prayer requests, right? Because you... Uh, need another uh, unit, whether it be a single person or a couple, to go with you. So maybe maybe somebody's listening right, right. now and God's uh, impressing upon their heart of lostness in North Africa and they'd love to join your team. So the last two years, you've, you've been, you spent pretty much all of your time learning language. Mm-hmm. You've had a baby mm-hmm. and then COVID hit mm-hmm. and, and you're stuck um, in your home. And, and so... Um, Andy, you told me a story recently about one one thing the Lord had had done um, in some uh, social media ministry that you got to be a part of and and see what the what God had done. Tell tell us a little bit about that. That was right before COVID, so f- February. Uh, a friend of mine, or actually our language coach, he asked me to accompany him four hours south to another city. Uh, a lot of locals. A lot of locals uh, search the internet when they're just bored out of their minds or they're just exploring what else is out there because they they don't travel outside the country. Right. Um, and some people have dreams about Jesus. And they just look it up. Like, I had a dream. What does this mean? And they come across, there are a couple of websites and Facebook pages that are designed to attract people to answer their questions. Uh, some people send their contact information in, um, such as this one guy we met in the desert, and we drove out to v- visit him. Um, my friend's language ability is amazing. I understood probably 85% of the conversation back then, but I could follow along. Uh, so we met with a man, I'm just going to call it Ahmed, and he believed on that at that day. So we talked there for a few hours. Then we went back to his house, and he had three kids. His wife was out, and he told his kids, this house is going to follow Jesus. Amen. And he started reading an Arabic Bible to them. Sounds like something that might happen in the New Testament, right? <laughs> yes. It was exciting. I'd, I'd, I've heard of these things happening, but right. I actually saw it. Yeah, what an amazing story. that, uh, and, and a privilege that God allowed you to be a part of that. Um, I think many of us dream and and have uh, an excitement about that particular thing happening. I know many times when I've gone overseas, my prayer has been, God, would you allow me 
to be able to witness to somebody who you have shown yourself to in a dream. And um, there you go. Uh, you were obedient to go, and there you are. You get to experience that. So, um, Quinn, you um, have had some opportunities to minister as well in, in your city. Uh, tell us uh, maybe an example of that. I have kind of a... It's kind of funny, but uh, something really neat that happened right actually before we came to the States on this trip. Um, so we had, like you said, we had, well, I'd had a baby in December. I had just had a several months of feeling cooped up in the house, had a baby, um, and then COVID happened. And that afforded us a lot of time to just study Arabic, not necessarily speak it out on the streets, but we got to open up our books and cracked down on reading, writing. We started reading through the Bible in Arabic with a believing friend on the phone. Mm -hmm. And so really for us, we're already being able to see how good that lockdown was for us. I know sometimes we can't always see this this quickly, what, what God's doing, but for Andy and I, we, we were able to really advance in our spiritual language or conversational ability through just staying home and studying and reading God's word. And every day we were talking on the phone with our believing friend and discussing, discussing faith and, and the Lord. And so as a result, we came out of lockdown in June and I was able to kind of enter back into society and felt a lot more equipped than I had beforehand to talk about Jesus. And so um, I just really thank the Lord um, for that time to study. And then, um, I actually was preparing to come home and go on a beach vacation with my family. So I thought I would go to a nail salon and get my nails done. Right. So I actually was not thinking in that moment about uh, sharing, uh, about Jesus, but I went to get my nails done. And the lady that was preparing the little station to paint my nails, she turned her back to me to wash her hands at a sink. And I realized her t-shirt had a Bible verse on it in English. It was Romans 12, 12 to be devoted, I think devoted to prayer and to each other. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. And I'm so thankful that the Lord opened my eyes to actually see her t-shirt because I was tired that day and I was just trying to get my nails done uh, before coming back. And I just blinked and did a double take because I couldn't believe she had a verse on her t-shirt. And when she turned back around, I said, do you know what is on your t-shirt? And she said, I have no idea what's on my t-shirt. We had to wear a black t-shirt to work. And I found this at the equivalent of a flea market. (laughs) Uh, They call them freeps. But um, so she just found a black shirt and she had no idea what she was, what she was wearing. And I was able to open up the Bible app, the YouVersion app, which has the, the New Testament and their dialect of Arabic. And I was able to read to her um, the verse that was on her T-shirt. And her eyes filled up with tears. And I told her, these are God's words for you today. And she told me that her uncle had died the day before. Um, And in that moment, she didn't come to faith. And I did not give her a full gospel presentation. But I left her with God's word opened on her phone. And so I just felt, like, very encouraged and also... um, a big part, I think, of what Andy and I are doing in North Africa and what I know many of you are doing here in Raleigh is just trying to keep our eyes open. God's doing the work right in front of us and putting the pieces together right in front of us. I just had to open my eyes and see the T-shirt and connect the dots. And so um, I think for me, sometimes I feel like it has to be a lot more complicated than it, it actually is. And 
and God's just telling us to open up our mouths and and speak simple truths about him to people. Amen. So I'm excited about having more of those opportunities, Lord willing, when we go back. Absolutely. So maybe somebody's listening and they are feeling somewhat of a tug um, towards the nations and towards going, maybe midterm, long-term. How would you encourage them um, to take the next step? One, read Operation World. It's a prayer guide for all the nations of the world. Two, make a friend who doesn't look like you. There you go. Say, hello, my name is? What's yours? Yeah, it's good. We, we actually met a man from the city where we currently live at Panera in Raleigh, North Carolina, before we moved. So our, our, my point is, our point is these people are also here in Raleigh. Um, that The Lord's brought the nations right here to Raleigh, North Carolina. And so to start making friendships with people here, they have relatives and friends and family that are in these communities and these leech least reach communities as well. And so it's an oper- awesome opportunity to share with people right here too. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, it's been good having you here with us. And I know our people are going to be encouraged to, to hear what's going on. Obviously, <clears throat> once you learn uh, you're, you're proficient in your language and it's time for us to send some teams and uh, COVID is beyond us, we'll look forward to to get in some teams there and uh, and coming alongside your ministry and so as we finish up, uh, Andy, give me give me one prayer request and Quinn, give me another one and um, we'll close it down. Pray for us to be able to return back to North Africa. Um, America is on the bad list of countries, so we cannot return currently. Yeah, and I'm praying we go back before Christmas. Amen. Yeah, we praying for that, Quinn. And I think um, once the Lord allows us to go back, that we just continue uh, in our language abilities and then that he would guide our next steps in wanting to move out down south, outside of the capital, and that he would bring us teammates. Okay, that's good. Well, let me close. Let me close in prayer. Let's let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, Andy and Quinn and and Lord, just uh, how you have used them already in this place in North Africa. We pray for North Africa. We pray for the lostness there. We pray that you would raise up more workers to go. Um, We pray, Lord, that you would um, allow them to get back quickly. Um, We pray for their language learning, that that would continue. And we pray you you would raise up a, a unit, a couple, a single person to go serve with them so that they can move to um, a place that is, has even more lostness and that they could use that for your glory. We're grateful for them. And uh, we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And so uh, Providence, if you uh, are listening to this and you uh, feel um, maybe a a sense that God is calling you to the nations, um, we'd love for you to contact the missions office. You can contact me at philippray.org. And uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you um, about going to the nations. So thank you. And um, until next time.